This episode is full of spoilers and contains some not-so-super language. citizens welcome to the fortress of potitude i'm dave michaels i'm brian betts and we are the cape podcasters and this is the show that's still getting surprised somehow roger ebert has occasionally chosen some stinkers for us yeah that's true but then he has graciously gifted us with some absolute bangers (laughs) and i'm going on record saying that the movie we're talking about today, 1992's Dr. Giggles, directed by THE Manny Cotto. Give it to him. He gets it. THE. This thing's on like a level of fun and enjoyment that is the Toxic Avenger, that is the Dolph Lundgren Punisher, that is Flash Gordon. This is a fun movie, man. This is so much fun. I, I completely agree. I was not ready for this. I was not ready for this type of fun. I really did not expect this to be what it was. No. And I'm so happy. I had no I've never heard of this thing before. Never. Apparently, some people have. It's amazing. It is. Kyle, <laughs> from the Experience Crime Podcast, he got this thing from his local video store when he was younger. Donny Valella, he says he loves this movie. And I'm, I want to high five him. Yeah. Because I'm right there with you, man. This is phenomenal. This really is a blast. It's one of those things where just because you've never heard of it, you wouldn't expect to enjoy it. Like, I'm still blown away. I've watched it twice in the past 24 hours. Same. Same. This one, I was ready to write off as soon as I heard what it was. As soon as Roger Ebert went... Dr. Giggles. I was like, nope. Well, nope, I'm good. We'll gonna get through this one. It'll be like Zoom next week. 2.0 yeah. or whatever. No, not at all. No. It's brilliant. And we don't ever come in this hot in a movie. <laughs> no. Like, when you think about films that are important to just cinema in general, <laughs> you obviously you're going to get Citizen Kane. That just goes without sure, saying. Sure, and sure. It's boring to talk about at this point. You will get Vertigo, Alfred Hitchcock. Yeah. Very naturally. brave. Very brave for doing that. It was a great film. Uh, Osu. With Tokyo Story. Mm-hmm. It's incredible. Obviously, Fellini with eight and a half. I mean, without saying as well. But then, Manny Cotto for 1992's Dr. Giggles. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting to see how long you go for the giggle. <laughs> <laughs> I might be being a little hyperbolic. Are you? I don't know. You want to get in this thing and figure out if I am? Let's get into it and find out if you are. Start off with a quote from Hippocrates. As you would with a doctor film. Yes, it's a very serious movie. For extreme illness, extreme treatments are most fitting. Right. Do you think he had to take the Hippocratic Oath? That's, I don't know that he's really a doctor. I don't know. I don't know. He seems learned. It's one of those, like, swear to me type, type scenarios. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'm just thinking <laughs> on it, and it's weird. Does how does one just go about, like, Hello, all my fellow Greeks. I, I'm a doctor. Let me see your bodies. Let me fix what's ailing you. Maybe he had it figured out. <laughs> and then instantly I go to Scrubs. Check the poo. Oh. <laughs> I literally just watched that episode. Yeah, you did. You texted me right after you're done because it's so damn good. That poo song has been stuck in my head for like three days. Has it really? Yeah. Well, it's, it'll get you. My it was, musical, man. It was just gone, and now you've reinserted it. It's so good. It's taking everything in my in my soul right now to not just start singing the whole song. So what we're going to do instead is move on with this movie. <laughs> <laughs> we 
We cruised through a terrible CGI bloodstream for an eternity and a half. I was impressed. Were you? Yeah. Oh. We're pre-Jurassic Park here, man. All right, yeah. Any CGI is impressive to me. Pre-Jurassic Park. 1993 is where you're like, nah, this isn't impressive anymore. Not anymore. (laughs) We finally arrive at the heart and witness it being sliced open by a scalpel. And my first thought was, probably not what you want to do. That didn't look like the right move. No, but then a doctor man was doing it. So I was like, yeah, it's probably right. We exit the body through the incision, and we see the doctor. It's Larry fucking Drake. Yeah, uh, he needs all the fuckings in the world for this movie. Last we saw him, he was the bad guy in Darkman. That's right. He's got such a weird face. The last anybody saw him. No, I'm sure he did stuff after, right? I think he's pretty famous for a a TV role he did. It was at- L.A. Law. L.A. Law, yeah. Right. Weird looking dude. Yeah. But great. I completely agree. Always well cast. This doctor is working on a fully clothed body, and it doesn't really seem like he's now, trying to no, save the thing this guy. Is that when you say fully clothed, it's not like they have a dressing gown over them. He's wearing a shirt and tie and full right. suit. Fully clothed. But, I mean, just the chest is open? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His heart is now agape. Just there. Right. It doesn't really seem like this doctor's trying very hard. No, he's very calm. Very cool, very collecting. You're going, wow, this is interesting. He's Look at him, just thriving under pressure, I guess. <laughs> That's right. And then he just simply says, you win some, you lose some. That was the part where I went, I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, let's cut this guy open and see what we have here. Right. And then he starts to giggle. He sure does. Oh, hey. This must be Dr. Giggles. That's what it <laughs> appears to be. <laughs> yeah, that's the giggle. That's the giggle. There's panic in the hallways of the hospital as they realize one of the mental patients has gotten out. A man who thinks he's a doctor. They call him Dr. Hot Tub Time Machine. They sure do. Because nobody knows his real name. Exactly. While they look for him, he's busy giving a nurse a hand. <laughs> I like how you see these two hands go over his shoulder and the nurse is all like, oh, doctor, whatever. Uh, not right now. Not right this now. is inappropriate. <laughs> but then when she turns around, it is Dr. Giggles. Holding two severed arms. Yeah. Looking like, did I do that? <laughs> and delivers the line, he should have kept his hands to himself. Yeah. Oh, God. Wow. Uh, I, wow. I, I, yes. <laughs> yes. Standing ovation. It's beautiful. I remember in our Patreon episode for When Harry Met Sally, when we talked about the greatest screenplays of all time. Yeah. Casablanca was number one. I want to know if that list was done before 1992's. <laughs> Dr. Giggles. Manny Cotto. <laughs> Interesting writer. Emmy award-winning producer. Yeah. For American Horror Story. Yeah. Among I mean, he's a ton done of other things. A ton of 24. He did a bunch of Dexter. Right. And we've talked about him on Star Kid. Yeah. He directed that. And he directed Star- I have Episode 11. We liked it, and it wasn't for us. The first randomized pick. That's right. Of the entire show. Yep. So. And it was the kid with, from Jurassic Park. Oh, look at that. With the weird teeth. All these connections. Right. Yeah, basically, Dr. Giggles let out all of the patients, cut the hands off the doctor he was operating on, and then presumably killed that nurse. Then he kills another dude at the gate and escapes from the hospital en route to Moorhigh. That's the name of a town, if I've ever heard of one. I, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Moorhigh High is getting out for the summer. <laughs> and boy, are these kids excited. Except for Jennifer Campbell, played by Holly Marie Combs. She was on Charmed? Was she? Yeah. Okay. She's one of the Charmed sisters. Uh, okay. I'll, I'll believe you. I'm not going to look it up. I've never seen this woman in my life. <laughs> She's bummed about something. 
Because it's summer. It's summertime, and she's not happy. Her boyfriend, Max, played by Glenn Quinn, was apparently on Roseanne. Okay. (laughs) He tells her to chill out. It's summer. Then all of their horny friends join them. It's so horny. And they all plan to go to Breeders Hill that night for (laughs) shenanigans. Whatever it is that these people do at Breeders Hill. They talk about horses. (laughs) They definitely- Definitely not that type of movie. They don't talk about cats, I can tell you that. No, they don't. A handful of them are going to go on an expedition and say they might be late to Breeders Hill, but we'll get there. We'll get there. Jen goes to the doctor, not Dr. Giggles. Not Dr. Giggles, real doctor. A real doctor. Turns out she has a mitral valve prolapse and has to wear a heart monitor for the next week to know whether she's going to have to have an operation or not. Right. And this doctor's saying, hey, even if it's a bad heart there, it's a real easy operation. Routine. Routine. Really. We Routine do it, we do it all the time. <laughs> you know. <laughs> What does that even mean? It's one of those real easy heart operations <laughs> that we do regularly. It's what Nothing we're known for about. here at More High Clinic or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I think they say that the town only has one, one doctor, doctor. And he's doing that many yeah. heart operations <laughs> that it's just run of the mill. Sometimes he's going to get like a, an ingrown toenail or whatever. Sometimes he's going to replace a heart valve. Who knows? Dr. Chamberlain. That's you right. Know, that's who knows. The doctor tells her to avoid strenuous activity, coffee, tea, and especially alcohol. I guess that that ruins your summer right there, I huh? I guess so, for the one week you have to wear a monitor. Week. <laughs> yeah. Dr. Giggles has arrived in Moorhigh and is in the basement of a spooky house, uncovering a door that's been boarded up. We get a flashback. We sure do. Dr. Evan Randall Sr. Rendell? Rendell. Rendell. Played by William Dennis Hurt. Right. Are you familiar with William Dennis Hurt, Dave? I'm not at all. William Dennis Hurt is best known for playing the role of Emperor Wang the Perverted in Flesh Gordon, and also in Flesh Gordon Meets the Cosmic Cheerleaders. He's the only actor to appear in both Flesh Gordon films. You know what? I didn't know I needed that. Yeah. I didn't know I needed to know that. I didn't even intro it with a, this is an actual IMDb trivia no, fact. No. Because guess what? It's not. It's not? It's not even on IMDb. So you were sitting around watching Flesh Gordon, or when we talked about Flash Gordon, and you brought up Flesh Gordon then also. Did I? I think you did. <laughs> have you seen Flesh Gordon? I have not seen Flesh Gordon. Like, I'm curious now. Flesh Gordon came out six years before Flash Gordon. Really? <laughs> okay. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. And was someone just like, man, Flesh Gordon's a real horny movie. Let's only go halfway. <laughs> yeah. Let's. I mean, Flash Gordon was a horny. horny movie. Yeah. Right. I don't know, man. I love Flash Gordon. I've watched it since again. But if you're watching Dr. Giggles and you think, that old man doctor, I'd like to see what he's packing. (laughs) You can probably find it in Flesh Gordon or the sequel that came out many years later. There you go. The more you know. also in. Dr. Evan Rendell Sr. is Morhai's doctor in this flashback time before Chamberlain came along. Right. He arrives home. And his son is sewing up his stuffed animals. And he's like, Daddy, I want to be a doctor just like you. He's like, oh, you will be, son. And it's cute. But then it's not because this kid has sewn up all of his stuffed animals and there's creepy music playing. There is. That's how you know it's not cute. You're like, creepy music especially is This kid has ambition, but then you're like, oh, maybe too much. (laughs) Right. It's one of those like, this kid's doing Build-A-Bear stuff before Build-A-Bear. Yeah. Oh, red flag. Big red flag. Or investment opportunity. It's one or the other. (laughs) I have a feeling it's not going to go that direction in this one. We'll see. Uh, Fair enough. Back in present time, Dr. Giggles is getting all emotional over a photo of his late father and saying, this town murdered you. 
It's sick. It must be cured. Dr. Giggles is the is the little boy from the sewing up. Yep. We did it. We did it. At the gate of a spooky house, the group of Jen's friends show up for their expedition. Right. Stu, who's like the surfer guy. Oh, God. He recites a little <laughs> nursery rhyme. He does, and he's got like the backwards hat, but he also has like the curly hair that's yeah. part in the middle. It's only popping out in strategic locations in the front. It's great. It's very 1992. It really is. Stu says, this town has a doctor, and his name is Rendell. Stay away from his house, because he's the doctor from hell. He killed all his patients, every last one, and cut out their hearts purely for fun. So if you're from Morhai and you get sick, fall on your knees and pray you die quick. It's eerie. Spooky stuff. I like it a lot. So they go into the house. This, Naturally. This group of, of four friends. Well, do you ever have a haunted house where you grew up? Yeah, but not when I ever went in. Why didn't you go in? I think somebody's lived there still. Really? Yeah. Oh, damn. We had one down my street, it, and it's very fixed up and nice now, but it was not growing up. <laughs> and when you went in there, you're just like, this is eerie. Yeah. Just all spray painted. Was not spray painted. No. Nothing so was just, spray painted. So nobody was breaking in and vandalizing. It was just spooky. No, it was one of those places that squatters would probably occasionally go to. Okay. Like you could see remnants of people who have been there. I, I, it's one of those, I don't know. That just adds like, to the spookiness. Not too long ago, but also possibly forever ago. Yeah. It's just weird. Like, you don't know. Right. Have people been here recently or just never? I don't know, man. <laughs> Very weird. When they go into the house, Stu drops some urban legend exposition on us. The citizens of Morhai surrounded the house, broke in, and dragged Dr. Rendell out into the street and stoned him to death. <laughs> Literally stoned him in 1950. And his uh, son was never uh, found. What? I like how they're just constantly dropping exposition here. Yeah. And it's very forced, but it does not feel out of place. I like how it's always in the house that they do it. That's a good it's like, point. hey, we're in here. We got to talk about this. <laughs> Surfer dude Stu thinks the kid is still in the house, and he wants to check for hidden rooms where he thinks he might be hiding, which is super convenient because at that very moment, Evan Rendell Jr. is in the basement. Yes, he is. Trotter and Lee, who are two of these horny friends... They go into a room, and Mr. Surfer Guy locks him in. And he puts, like, a crowbar in the door so they can't get out? Yeah. And then he just fucks off. And then, yeah, he and Diane, they they, they leave. Yeah. Ha <laughs> We're pranksters. We're laughing. I don't know what that's all about, because then you got the two people in the room that are locked up there, and the girl's like, get me out of here. And the dude's, like, ramming into the door, and he's like, yeah. my shoulder hurts now. I think like, I just dislocated my shoulder. Right. And then she's just like, I mean, do they really think you're going to get something in here? That's not how this is going to work. And then she grabs his wiener. Yep, saying, if you get us out of here, you're probably going to get something. And then he rams the door harder. Right, with his dislocated shoulder. Right. It doesn't work. No, he's got a better chance for him with his wiener at that point. Probably. Dr. Giggles gets all dressed up, and he finds his father's medicine bag. And he, he goes, the doctor is in. <laughs> that laugh. Oh, man. Larry Drake does such a good job because he's not playing this role for laughs. Right. He's playing it incredibly straight. Yeah. Which is phenomenal. It's such a good choice. Because every line he has is a is a joke em up. It really is. But like it's... if you thought Arnold Schwarzenegger in oh. Batman and Robin was pun on pun. <laughs> we got news. Oh boy. It doesn't hold an ice cube to Larry Drake. <laughs> I see what you did there. That's good. But he plays it straight. He does. And it's, it's like he really thinks he's doing good. Yeah. I love it. Maybe. I think so. I think so. Good for who? But good. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. Obviously, Dr. Giggles kills the two kids locked in the room. Of course. He gets them both with some kind of lethal injection that makes them throw up their innards. 
Yeah, you don't want that. It's great. Yeah, it, well, it's bad. Standards. But it's a good opening kill. It is. I mean, yeah, and it's expected. Right. As soon as they go into that house, you're like, well, I know which two are going to die. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, we should say the two that fucked off were white. Yes. And we'll leave it at that. And the two that stayed were not. <laughs> were uh, horror movie stereotypes. Yes. Unfortunately. Trotter played by Dougie Doug. That's right. From uh, Cool Runnings. Yes. Amazing. Uh, it blew my mind, too. Amazing. The next door neighbor, Elaine Henderson, hears a scream, and she goes to investigate, and she sees she, she sees Dr. Giggles put his eye up to the keyhole, and she runs away and calls the cops. As you do. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Totally checks out. Good move. At Breeders Hill, all the horny teens are hanging out. Jen can't drink with Max because of her heart issue, but she hasn't told him about it, so he's just like mad, like, oh, you don't want to drink with me? You know. Typical teen stuff, That's I, right. I guess. They got all those raging hormones that they can't talk about real issues. Right. Right? Maybe. She's like, I just want to drink and fuck and I can't. I'm mad because this heart monitor. <laughs> She's very brooding about this. She is really bummed out. And it might be, well, we'll talk about that we'll when we get to it. We'll talk about that when we get to it. And then the coolest cops ever arrive. It's Officer Hank Magruder, played by Richard Bradford. And Joe Wright's played by Keith Diamond. They just show up blasting Judy Holiday's The Party's Over until all the kids <laughs> leave. And they're just having so much fun just kicking these kids off of Breeders Hill. Well, the old cops even just like, man, I love doing this. Like, this is what he has to do last day yeah. of school every single time. I love it. It's so well done. And then after all the kids leave, they get a call for the aforementioned Elaine Henderson, who had called into the, the police. They're like, oh, speaking of tradition, this... This lady's crazy. This lady is crazy. We all know one. We all know one. There was a crazy lady that lived in the haunted house. That's what made her crazy, though. Oh, we don't. She she was weird. Just like one of those tales in your town. Yeah, or at least in my my neighborhood. That's more specific. Yeah, I don't know if it was a town wife. Did you there ever were... see her? Oh yeah, yeah. I, I actually my property was up against hers. Like our backyards touched. There was a fence. Did she have like all of her windows and stuff? I'm like fascinated by this. It was hard to tell because of all the overgrown trees and sure. and bushes and everything in her backyard. But okay. she also had dogs that barked all the time, like so nonstop. What I'm imagining right now is a, like a Helena Bonham Carter big fish scenario here. Yeah, but probably twice the age. Really? With bugs living in her hair. What? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She had bugs in her hair, allegedly. <laughs> oh, God. One of those. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. This is, yeah. And she giggled. No, I don't know. <laughs> Man, imagine that. At Elaine's house, Dr. Giggles shows up and goes full Morpheus on her when she's out of the room, swapping out her red pill for a blue pill. That's right. And she doesn't notice. She has no idea. She's like, I gotta take my medication. Yeah, it's always been blue. It was red when I left the room, but no, this seems right. She seems like the person who wouldn't notice that. Yeah, that's fair. Way too in her own head. But not worried about her medication. Correct. And then she starts having a pretty bad time. She does. Whatever, whatever this mystery med that Dr. Giggles slipped her, it's not reacting well with her sister. No, but then she goes and grabs the phone. Right. She's like, I need a doctor. Right. And then Larry Drake shows up and he says, you're lucky I make house calls. So good. Ah, so good. <laughs> so good. And then we get this phenomenal inside the mouth shot with the giant tongue depressor. Oh, God, I love it so much. Oh, it's so good. And then, of course, he shoves an extended autoscope up her nose, which obviously kills her. Which we obviously see. Right. All of it. Yeah. It goes up her nose, and we see her nose start stretching. Oh, and God. And then you hear a crack. Yep. And then- uh, And then he goes, I'm oh. I'm standing in my living room applauding this I whole movie. I see the problem. <laughs> I love it. 
Officer Magruder and Officer Wright show up at the creepy house. Magruder drops more exposition on us because they're at the house. As he entered the house, once you cross the threshold, you got to tell a story. Right. Dr. Rendell killed seven of his patients, took their hearts out while they were still alive, trying to save his dying wife. If he hadn't gone completely insane, he might have pulled off the first successful heart transplant. It's kind of like speaking of Arnold Schwarzenegger, Mr. Freeze style here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very similar. I like that Wrights is like, ahead of his time, but out of his mind. <laughs> what does that even mean? I don't know, but it rhymes and I love it. <laughs> they say Rendell Jr. helped his father, and nobody knows how he got away. That's the story. That's what they say. That's what they say. What do you say? I don't say. Officer Magruder's got secrets. He does have secrets. He's being very suspicious. He sure is. Very fishy. Oh, yes. Officer Wright smells rubbing alcohol, but Officer Magruder's like, hey, we got to go. Let's get out of here. We got stuff to do elsewhere. All right, we're cops. We need to go investigate the thing that's not directly in front of us. Yeah. I like that he's like, I'm not going up those stairs until I lose 30 pounds, and that's not happening for a long time. You know what? Uh, Self-aware. He, he knows himself. Yeah. And what more could you ask of a human being? Right. Like, good for you. He shows up. He, he gets the teens out with the party's over. And then he goes, nope, not getting on those stairs. Right. I know. I feel like if he was like <laughs> a Buddhist, he would have reached enlightenment in that moment. Yeah, maybe. Like, I know myself now. This is good. He's still this got some good. demons, I, I think. know my limits. He's got so many demons. Oh, no, <laughs> it's so a bad demons. trip. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't got no demons. <laughs> we should talk about Walk Hard again one day. We should. <laughs> I mean, I will. I'll talk about Once that movie <laughs> all the time. Every episode, it's just so walk good. hard again. We should mention that there's a fair happening in town because it's a Manny Cotto movie. Because it's a Manny Cotto <laughs> movie, and he's like, "What do kids do when they get out of school? They go to fairs, right? Yeah, okay. That Tarantino guy's got the trunk shot. Me? You know when I got the fair shots. <laughs> when Trotter calls Stu a butthead, I was like, maybe he's not a great writer. Well, I was like, be careful there because. <laughs> Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale, Back yeah. in the Future, wrote a character who exclusively calls people a butthead. But it fits his character. Trotter here, I was like, hmm. See, I, I praised him for being aware of his audience when he did Star Kid, but now I'm just wondering. Maybe that's just the extent of his, his name calling. Tastes like an alien turd. Butthead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Star Kid. I miss those days, but not. But, but not. I but I do. I'd rewatch that. I would too. Especially after this. Yeah. I just need more Manny Cota. That has like the horniest teacher of all time in it. It does. Because there's no teachers in this movie. Yeah. At the fair, Jen tells Max about her heart. So like we got past that one scene where he was mad. So I guess I guess we're gonna clear that up. Right. So that's good now. He's like, Oh, you should have told me. I love you. And then she's like, also I'm kinda bummed because you don't know how my mom died. I never told you. She went in for a routine operation, and then I never saw her again. Uh, I want to hit the table, but at the same time, not going to happen. You're not going to get it from me. I can only imagine that she went to see Dr. Chamberlain, and he should know not to tell this girl, hey, it's fine. It's a routine operation. I do them all the time. Right. When he likely killed her mother. That's possible. It's very possible and likely. Also, this Ferris wheel's got to be a nightmare for this guy. He wanted to get to know her feelings, and she's like, all right, motherfucker, you opened up the door. Yeah. I'm going to unload on you. When up it rains, and it pours. Up and down. Oh, Here we go. No, send it around one more time, carny man. I have more shit to drop <laughs> on this guy. Oh, yeah, no. I only told him about my heart issue. Keep going. We got to get into I got dead, a dead mom. mom territory. <laughs> <laughs> also, she really hates her dad's new girlfriend, Tamara. 
Right. Which is a weird way to say Tamara. That's the way they want to go with it, though. Tamara. She I tells... feel like that's when you like just fall onto a name. Yeah. It's like uh, T-A-M-A-R. Tamara. Nailed it. <laughs> right. We got it. It's like, oh, I want to name after your mom, Tamara. Oh, okay. Uh, the doctor comes in. What do you want to name your child? I'm, I want to name her. Oh, God, I'm falling Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> well, what rhymes with camera? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I have a new way we can name this child. Camera, camera, pofamera, pofamera, tamera. Oh, that's it. Nailed it. Good, good stop it. It's a good thing you kept going because we we almost ended up with famera. Famera or bamera, pofamera. (laughs) Jen tells Max that she needs to be alone. She goes home because I guess talking about it makes her more emotional. (laughs) It's one of those like, I just ruined your night. Bye. (laughs) Hey. Now that I've dumped my version of exposition on you on the Ferris wheel, I got to get out of here. Right. Just, you know. Hang out at the fair alone, I guess. <laughs> it would be great if he's like, hey, do you want to go on this ride? And she just went, no ticket, and then just left. <laughs> like, that's her way of getting out of yeah. it. Yeah, no ticket. <laughs> she goes home, and her dad and Tamara are getting it on. Loudly. Loudly. So she drops her heart monitor in the fish tank. For what it's worth. Hold on Reasonable response? It, it, I w- it is, because is it? Tamara is yelling out to the daddy man, you're the king, you're the king. <laughs> oh, is that what she was saying? Yep. And frankly, I would have just drowned myself in that fish tank if I heard that. Yeah, That's but instead she drops her heart monitor and that just seems like a bad idea. It does. And it's, well, I mean, she wore it for a couple hours. Yeah, they probably have enough data to figure out if she needs surgery I or guess. not. She's just like, man, my life sucks. I might have to get this surgery. But now they'll never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's how you have to wear it again for another week. Yes. Like you did last week. Right. From outside her window, Dr. Giggles sees her pacing in her in her bedroom. But then Stu and Diane show up across the street, and they seem like more fun to kill, I guess. I guess so. Like, in the moment, uh, it does fall into a trope, because teens, sex, you're right. dead. Right. It's that type of movie. Stu wants Diane to dress up like his mom. <laughs> I was wondering how you were going to word that. <laughs> you just went for it. Yeah. He stole his mom's lingerie, and she's like, fine, but you need to wear a condom. So... I don't know how that trade-off works. I'll dress up like your mom, but you have to wear protection. <laughs> right. We you can don't get want any little brothers style, or sisters? But <laughs> I hate this. Yeah. I hate this so much. It's pretty awful. It's so uncomfortable, and mostly because he tells her, like, oh, yeah, my mom and dad went out of town, and I stole this when she wasn't looking. I want you to wear it. And she's like, that's uh, weird. But he's like, yeah, yeah, but just my dad's probably even more mad about it right now. <laughs> I was like, okay. Yeah. So now you've stolen your mom's sexy clothes, and you're thinking about how angry your dad is. Yeah. Who's about to rail and, your mother. And that's getting him in the mood. More high? More high? More high. More high. I don't think you could be more high more than this high. kid. <laughs> hey! Dr. Giggles is in the house. Literally. Stu drops the condom in the toilet, <laughs> and he starts fishing it out with a toothbrush. Uh, not his toothbrush, but also much easier just to go in with the hands. Yeah. It looked like a clean toilet. It did look like a pretty clean toilet. Whose toothbrush was it? I don't know. But even when he puts it back, he's like, yeah, they'll never know. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> this guy's this guy's all right. He's all right in my book. Ugh. Ugh. Diane goes to turn up the thermostat. Because she's cold because she's wearing the sexy mom outfit. Right, because moms get cold, as we know. And she runs into- She's getting into character, (laughs) is what it really is. (laughs) And when she goes out to the thermostat, she runs into Dr. Giggles. 
Yes, not who you want to run into. Not who you want to run into in Ever. the hallway. Ever hard Or anywhere. Stop. Right. Especially dressed up like a hot mom. <laughs> well, uh, well, uh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Giggles is like, you're going to catch cold dressed that way. And he proceeds to take her temperature with a thermometer with a razor blade at the end of it. He puts it under her tongue. And then, and then he just pushes. Shoves it through her head. Yep. Yeah. This movie's awesome. And then he's like, <laughs> leave that in for a minute. Very straightforward, too. Like, he doesn't blink when he says it. Just He doesn't even giggle after oh, that God, one. God, it's so good. The blood spurts on his face. He just wipes it off, and he's like, all right, going about my business. That's right. Stu finally finishes fishing the condom out of the toilet, and it's it's leaking. It's got holes in it. Not the thing you want from a condom. So he goes, maybe she won't notice. And now, like, I'm really ready to watch him die. Like, I'm after that. prepared. After that, I'm like, well, all right, the, let's kill The him. moment that got me, where I was like, he can go now was when he comes out of the bathroom and he puts his hat on backwards with no shirt. Yeah. It's like, this is how he gets in the mood. <laughs> and then he sniffs his armpit to make sure he's still good. Yep. He could die now. I'm good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes back into the room and he doubles down on the mom thing. He's like, man, ever since I've been stealing my mom's Victoria's Secret catalogs, I've been ready for this. I don't understand what's going on with this kid. I don't want to know. No. I don't want to know at all. I'd have to think that. His dad's probably going to be pretty upset that the mom doesn't have the lingerie or whatever it is yeah. in that moment. But then his dad's going to be over the moon when he finds out that his kid's dead in a minute. Over the moon. (laughs) Yeah, punk had it coming. Right? (laughs) He crawls under the covers. Oh, God, I love it so much. Only to come face to face with Dr. Giggles. Who's under the covers waiting for him. And he tells him, I hope you have protection. (laughs) And he cuts off his wiener. He sure does. (laughs) Oh, God, this movie's so good. It's so good. And you can tell because that's where he's bleeding from on top of the covers. Right. It's brilliant. Right. It's so good. I, I am just like smiling ear to ear right now. I like that they keep setting up these characters as not great people before they kill them off. It makes me happy. I'm like, yeah, Stu had that coming. Right. Especially with the whole maybe she won't notice line. That's don't <laughs> don't do that. Don't do don't that. Don't do that. Pull out. No. No? Don't go in. Why? Because he didn't have the condom. Well. And if she doesn't know They're playing a husband and wife here. She's a mom. Presume no, that doesn't work. Nope. That's it's nope. his mom. Nope. That's worse. <laughs> Wait, in this situation, it's your bull. <laughs> I don't know. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to touch it. <laughs> <laughs> what? This could be like some weird sexy Tommy boy thing going on here. Oh, I I really hate it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really hate it. Douchebag without a wiener. <laughs> While all this is happening, Jen is looking through an old photo album with pictures of her mom and crying and drinking wine, which is one of the things that Cham- Dr. Chamberlain was like, hey, don't drink alcohol. Especially don't drink alcohol. Right, and don't do anything emotional or whatever. I think he said strenuous. That's got to be strenuous. Maybe. Well, it's probably hard on your heart. <laughs> she gets sad and she leaves the house. And what good timing because Dr. Giggles walks in as she's walking sure out. does. And her dad hears the door and assumes that, oh, Jen just got home. I got to go check on her. And Tamara's like, don't go check on her. She's the worst. I don't care about her dead mom and her heart condition. (laughs) I like how what you're saying isn't even too far off of what they're (laughs) saying. Because she's like, whatever. Her fucking mom kicked it. She's going to be fine. You're fine. You're the king, baby. Yeah. And he's like, eh, well. I don't have a heart condition, though, so I, I better make sure she's okay. Right. <laughs> she's just trying to split us up with her heart condition. Oh, God. That's nuts. Tamara's the worst. She sucks. 
So Mr. Campbell goes and he finds uh, the heart monitor in the, in the fish tank. He's like, well, that's not where that goes. Nope. That's <laughs> definitely not in the right place. So he goes downstairs to see if Jen, to find Jen, and he sees the empty bottle of wine. He's like, oh, that's probably worse. Oh, that's my Jenny. Probably thinking about her dead mom and just getting sloshed thinking about it. Oh, uh, I see the photo of him. I see the, I think I know what happened here. Look at this photograph. <laughs> Every time I do it makes me make medically unsound decisions. <laughs> I like feel like Sarah McLaughlin should be playing in the background or something when you say it that way. <laughs> Through the eyes of the teen whore. <laughs> That's some like sort She's of weird She's not even Christian the bad one in this hard movie. rock there. I haven't heard that Weird Al version. Don't tempt me with a good time, Weird Al. I nearly <laughs> bought Weird Al on vinyl the other day. Which album? It was Dare to be Stupid. Okay. But it was like $90. Oh, wow. Which was nuts. That's, now I know why you didn't. Yeah. Wow. Like I'm still kicking myself a little for not doing it. Hey, man, do you. I probably won't do it. I just, I can't see me spending $90 on a Weird Al vinyl. Yeah, but it's not. But that's a personal that's thing. That's me. Yeah. It's me. Like, yeah. I grew up on Weird Al. And it's so like, did I. This is great. What was your Weird Al album of, like, choice? Your Well, how about even this? How was What was your intro Weird Al album? Oh, it was, weird, it was Bad Hair Day. And mine was Bad Hair Day also. Yeah, it was Bad Hair Day and then Running With Scissors. So you, you jumped around a little bit. A little bit. The Food album? Classic. <laughs> so good. So good. Yeah, Dare to be Stupid. Dare to be Stupid. It's a good one. Is it $90 good? No. No, it's not. All right. <laughs> you can probably get it on iTunes for like seven bucks. Probably, but it doesn't have that vinyl sound. You want right. to hear that weird Al Yankovic. You really you want that. that accordion coming through That's on the vinyl. Right. If I can't hear every one of the buttons that he's hitting, I don't, I don't know what's on I don't know how to play an accordion. <laughs> I'm not interested in that. Jen's dad's going to go out looking for her. And Tamara's like, no, don't go. But he does. I like how he asks her, he's like, you coming with me? And she's like, no. No. Her and all of her attention issues. Right. Oh, I got a dead mom. Oh, oh I got a heart problem. Look at me. She's got her buddy who wants the girls to dress up like the mom. And she's, oh, my mom's all dead. Oh. Yeah. Wow. What was me? <laughs> she sucks. Yeah. So, so the dad leaves and Tamara goes to the... The freezer, the worst freezer of all time, and gets the ice cream out with, because I say it's the worst freezer because this ice cream is soup, fresh this from the freezer. It is has half melted, very few chunks in it. What is happening here? I don't know. This is not how ice cream works. No, no. You pull it out from the freezer. You gotta wait a few minutes for it to get that soupy. You have to wait a couple hours for it to get that soupy. Yeah, this is problematic. Doctor Giggles is upset with Tamara for eating all that ice cream doesn't like it. He doesn't like that she's doing it. It's He's bad like, for her. All this fat, all this sugar. He's going to pump her stomach. He ties her up. And then he says, I know, this sucks. <laughs> and he turns on the pump and oh. sticks it down her throat. But we also saw that it had like a little like rotor rooter yeah. on the end of this thing. Yeah. And you see the, the ice cream getting pumped out of her stomach into the bowl that it just came out of. But then the bowl starts getting all this red liquid because he kicked on that rotor rooter and just- yeah. You know, cleaned her up from the inside. What a weird kill. Wow. I never thought I'd see a movie that would have a <laughs> ice cream stomach pumping rotor rooter kill. Yeah, it's definitely unique. Manny Cotto. Manny Cotto. Good for him. Dr. Evan Ren- Rendell Jr. and his fancy toys. Where does he, Where get, does he get those wonderful, wonderful toys? toys? So Dr. Giggles goes about 
walking around the house and investigating, getting ready for people to come back so he can kill them, presumably. Right. And he finds Jen's heart monitor. And he remembers <laughs> yes, his- of course he does. He remembers his mother, who died of a, a, I don't know, a heart issue. Right, but how does he know this thing's a heart monitor? He's been locked up for 35 years. He's a doctor, Dave. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> he decides that he has to help her to make his father proud. I don't get it. He's got a new mission. I got I to gotta help Jen- and her heart, because she's like mom. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy's been locked up for so long. He got locked up in like the 1950s, and now we're 35 years later, 1992. We don't know when he got locked up. Oh, I'm we you know what. when he went missing. Right. I'll, it, well, you're right. We're not there yet, but now we're here, in my mind. He should not know what this heart monitor is. Realistically, when he was driving back to his house- from, He shouldn't have known how should, to do well, that. Well, he could have heard Rito Yankovic's eat it on the stereo. <laughs> And then minutes later, heard Michael Jackson's beat it, and he goes, motherfucker, we ripped him off. <laughs> like, that's how long he was locked up for. I don't know. He shouldn't know what this is. I don't know. We have no idea how long he was actually locked up. Fine. Fair enough. Because the people at the hospital didn't know who he was. We don't know how long he was there. Okay. Max is at the fair all alone. I forgot about the fair. And the, uh, whole movie. the two most horny friends, Corrine <laughs> and Normie, also, her name is Normie. What is yeah, it? no, that's not good. Nope. They both see that he's alone and they pounce. They sure do. They invite him over to the main building to crash a super secret party. And it's my favorite kind of party. It's just a bunch of people making out in the band room. Yeah, that doesn't happen in band rooms. What? So trust me. Uh, we had different bands, my friend. No. <laughs> <laughs> and also the people who wrote American Pie. No. 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 That's how it works. That's not. No. Bandcamp is not like that at One all. One time at Bandcamp, I learned drill. Yeah, that's all you really do. Uh, I, I marched. That was that's the, it. I made fun of I made fun of the drummer who couldn't keep tempo with his clicks. Ah, I got him. That was that was Bandcamp. That's right. <laughs> Max is teaching Corrine how to play the sax, but when he says you have to blow it, well, she fillets a tenor saxophone. She's wetting the reed. No, she's putting the whole mouthpiece yeah. in her mouth. She's. She's blowing the sax. Yeah, but I mean, maybe she was trying to get like some weird. No, uh, you got to stop defending her. You're going to confuse our listeners. Like her uvula, because she's going that far back. (laughs) Uvula (laughs) is usually, as somebody who played the tenor saxophone, you don't use your uvula. Are you sure? I think you're doing it wrong. Maybe. Maybe I should change my embouchure. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) They start making out. Max and Max and Corrine. Right. I thought this was a good dude for a while. It seemed like now it. Now he's just laying on the floor of a band room, which you should never do. People empty spit valves. Spit valves are a thing. And it's weird and gross. Yeah. Like thinking of those floors throughout the years. Uh fuck that. Oh man. I'm now realizing where I used to sit on the on the risers in my band room, and it was the trombone section. And I was a trombone player. That's not a I good place to be. I promise you. Unloading. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. Gross. Yeah. That's um <laughs> I mean, I've showered since high school, so we're good. A couple times. It only takes Once a couple to get it off. Even if I don't need it. <laughs> good for you. <laughs> You're so hygienic. Normie is pissed because she's not getting any, so she leaves. She's not getting any because she's not putting herself out there. Right? She's just sitting there watching Corrine deep throw a saxophone. Right. She's going for it. She's sending signals saying, come on already. Come I'm on. I'm willing to do this with this reed in my mouth, this piece of wood. Eh, eh. I see what you're saying. Dumb. <laughs> Jen shows up at the fair. 
because you know she had her wine. She cried over her mom's pictures. She's ready to go back to the ready fair. to go back and have fun or unload more shit on someone. Uh, probably Max. Poor Max. That's right. <laughs> well, you know what? No, I don't feel bad he for Max for anymore. <laughs> Normie's there because she just stormed out, and she's like, "Hey, follow me. There's something you got to see." And she shows. She I shows like how Jen, Jen follows for reasons unknown. I, they're friends. Are they? They were hanging out by the tree earlier when they went to go mount the Twin Peaks. But then this normie girl the looks at her when she walks back guys. to the fair and is giving away like these signals like, you know what? I'm not getting any, so I'm going to ruin somebody else's night. That checks out. She seems petty. Fair enough. Her name's Normie. I would be petty too then. Be so petty. Norm per- Petty. Norm Petty. Norm, Norm Petty. That is someone who has definitely driven a NASCAR. I was just going to say. At some point I'm in pretty sure they won the Winston Cup Championship <laughs> in 1979. Man. We should talk about Days of Thunder at some point. Should we? No. Maybe. I'd rather talk Talladega Nights. Oh, I mean, that's a given. Break it, Frenchie! <laughs> I saw your Highlander movie. It was shit. <laughs> so Jen catches Max and, and Corrine making out, and she runs off. She's like, oh, Max, thanks. Now I know you're the worst, actually. I thought my dead mom was bad, but this is way worse. How many times can my poor heart be broken in one day? (laughs) So she's out in the fair, and she sees her dad, and she's like, well, I'm not ready to talk to him, I guess, because he was just boning Tamara, so I guess I'll go into the mirror maze. Dr. Giggles... Somehow knew that that's where Jen would be going because he just showed up at the fair with a picture of her so he can operate on her heart. No, no. When you say a picture of her. Yeah. He took the picture frame. Yeah, he took the whole frame. And that around with him. Just nonchalantly. Beautiful. A full doctor carrying a medicine bag and a picture of a girl (laughs) in a frame. I love it. I love it so much. It's wild. It hurts me how much I love this movie. It should. But I'm there with you. He sees her go into the House of Mirrors, and he's like, perfect. This is, that's exactly where I wanted her to go. Right. Max also follows her because he's like, wait, I got to explain. And then, then Corrine follows Max because she's of like, of course. Wait, the I dad need- was outside of it. He didn't see any of this happening, so right. he just went the other way. He's just like, oh, I guess she's not at the fair. Right. Inside the mirror maze, Dr. Giggles kills Corrine with a giant Band-Aid. You can't make that up. When you say a giant Band-Aid. <laughs> oh, my God, it's huge. Like, I can't stress how large this Band-Aid is. Like, you're probably thinking, it's like, oh, no, it's like if you get one of those big cuts. Yeah, like an ace bandage? No. No, no, no. No, no. This thing is more like a WWE championship belt. (laughs) Like, that size of a Band-Aid. Yeah, she runs into a mirror, and she she gets a bloody nose. And Dr. Giggle shows up behind her and is like, oh, looks like you need a Band-Aid for that. It's amazing. And then adheres her to a wall with it. (laughs) And she's dead now. She is dead. But then we get legitimately good filmmaking. There's some interesting things happening Like, I'm pretty here. sure this entire mirror maze sequence is the reason why they said, green light, fine. If you can pull this off, green light. This is a Dark Horse Comics book. Yeah. And this is a Dark Horse Comics production. This is legitimately good. And it's weird to say in this movie that's so awesomely bad. Yeah. But this is legitimately very well done. They do a very good job with the mirror maze. I was impressed. I don't know why there was a question mark at the end of that. Because I feel dirty? You were impressed. Full, I was impressed. Full stop. I was impressed. Own it. Hey, Manny Cotto, good job. He did a great job. Fantastic. I learned today me and Manny Cotto have the same screensaver. That's fun. Yeah. <laughs> How does one find that out? On Twitter. Oh, that I makes don't sense. follow him. 
Okay. But Alex Yet. Ross does. And Alex Ross retweeted that Mandy Cotto saves all the Alex Ross art that Alex Ross posts. Yeah. And makes his screensaver. I was like, Manny, I do too. That's <laughs> this amazing. is great. We're screensaver buddies. Not nearly as cool as Eskimo Brothers, but I think it's like here just, we are. it's almost as good. It's close. Close second. Yeah. Yeah. Screensaver buddies. That's right. That sounds like it could have been from Scrubs too. Yeah, well, a bad version of it, maybe. <laughs> Thanks, Dave. <laughs> season nine, I think is what we call it. Recently watched season nine again. Why? I mean, how was that? It was not good. <laughs> no. And I remember liking it the first time I saw it. I because remember it was not more hating scrubs. it. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is good. And I like the I one angry doctor. Ugh, not good. Not good at all. Yeah. I don't know her name, but she's angry. And I like her. I literally watched a week ago. I don't remember her name. Yeah. See? It's one who likes the fat dudes, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> she's great. <laughs> she's shined for one season. And they said, yeah, we'll bring you back. She was also on a show with Josh Hutcherson on Hulu called Future Man. I heard that's good. It's interesting, for okay. sure. Josh Hutcherson's a very little boy. He is. Uh, that's all I got on that. W- Wolverine? No. No. <laughs> God, no. It'd be a different take. We'd probably have to rely more on smell more. You think so? No, God, no. So Dr. Giggle starts chasing after Max and Jen because, you know, he already took care of Corrine. And really, he wants to get to Jen. But Jen manages to get out of the mirror maze with through an emergency exit that was way too hard to open Yep, for an emergency exit. So, uh, hopefully it's a slow emergency. Yeah. Because it's locked, I guess. I guess so. She runs towards her home with Dr. Giggles chasing her, and she runs in front of a police car, which is super convenient. And she's like, hey, there's a guy chasing me. He's trying to kill me. And they're like, what? Get in the back seat. You're going downtown. You're coming with us. <laughs> Officer Magruder and Officer Wrights, the only two police officers in this That's town. right. We got one doctor, two cops. I've seen that video. Ew. <laughs> At least nobody's dressed up like their mom. <laughs> right. It's like, what's this video called? Flesh Gordon, career day. <laughs> oh, God, I hate it. But also- Curiosity's got you, doesn't it? It's got it? me. It's got the best of me right now. I've seen orgasmo. I know these things could take off. Yeah. Officer Magruder and Officer Wrights bring Max and Jen in for questioning. And Max tells the police he thinks it's Rendell Jr., which is weird because he wasn't even one of the ones on the expedition. Nope, so why heard this nursery rhyme. Why has he got like, this on the brain? We got a bad doc. I don't know. And Officer Wrights is like, you know, it is a little bit suspicious that all this is happening the day we got called to that house, I guess. <laughs> even though the lady who got the nose thing, who calls the cops all the time, probably to that house, yeah, definitely called us to that house. But, you know, mounting suspicion, I guess. Right. And he starts badgering Officer Magruder about it. He's like, yeah, what do you know, man? What do you know? And Magruder's like, well, let me tell you what I know. Oh, boy. I was not ready for this. I don't know how anybody could be. This is one of those setups and deliveries that just lands perfectly in this type of movie. Um, It blew my mind. Yeah, It legitimately blew my mind. How good this scene is. It's wild. It is insane. Buckle in. Magruder reveals that when he was younger, he was there for the Rendell case. He was in charge of watching the bodies after the town had come in and killed Dr. Rendell. Because he was a little spooked, he was drinking to calm his nerves. Right. Young cop, he's like, all right, I'm all alone. 
little spooked out. And this out. is after he showed the other cop the bottle that he was drinking that night. He's like, I've been sober right. ever since. And I kept the bottle. So that probably doesn't mean anything. Nope. While he was watching over these bodies, he heard giggling coming from the basement where they were being held, which is never a good sign. It's not what you want. And also, does this police station act as a morgue also? Apparently. Okay. I mean- Morgue where they don't keep the bodies cool at all. They no. just leave them in the wide open. I mean, this was the day of the of the murders. Or oh, not so the, they're still not kind the of murders, but the day that they murdered the doctor. So like maybe they just recovered them and they're like, we can't get them to the morgue yet. I don't know. Right. I don't One think... night, the doctor <sighs> went crazy. Now, now you're touching my heartstrings with, with some bad hair day. <laughs> so Officer Magruder goes down to the basement to check on these bodies. Now, what's this giggling sound? Where is it coming from? And he goes up to one body because he hears the giggling kind of come from that area, and he pulls the sheet, and it's just a naked woman. It is a naked woman. She's very, 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 very dead. So dead and so naked. And then her stomach starts moving? Yeah, that's not what you want. No. That's not what you want to see? And little 11-year-old Evan Rendell Jr. cuts himself out (laughs) of his own mother's stomach. Reborn into this world. Oh my god! And this kid, when he pops out, he's only—he's got his two missing teeth in yeah. the front too, and he's all bloody and just holding a scalpel. Oh god! And smiling and giggling. Right, he might as well have hopped out and be like, "I'm all hopped up a mountain too." <laughs> Naturally, Magruder passes out, as you do. That is, yes, appropriate reaction to that. This kid, Trojan horsed his fucking dead mom. Yeah. As an 11-year-old or 7-year-old or whatever it was, doesn't matter. Not a baby. Not a baby. No. Just hanging out inside mom. You should not Trojan horse people. Especially not relatives. Hard stop. You're right. Hard stop. (laughs) (laughs) I like how you got more specific. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. Nobody. Nobody. Oh, my gosh. Wow. When Magruder wakes up, the scene is clean. And the mother is all sewn up, so he just never told anyone. I mean, how could you? Who would believe that? Right? Right. Whoa. You guys know how you're looking for that kid that was supposed supposedly helping his dad with those murders? Yeah, he just kind of emerged from his mother's <laughs> stomach while you guys were out doing stuff and I was watching the bodies. Right. He did Thought a self C section? <laughs> what an insane scene. It's wild. And it lands. So hard. So well. I've never seen anything like it, and I don't expect I ever will again. I loved it. So good. Jen's dad goes home to see if she's returned, and he checks the answering machine. And the first message is from the police, being like, hey, we got your your daughter. Come get her. Right, because the chief called earlier. We saw him call earlier. Fine. Uh, There's no lights in this movie, by the way. No. No one turns on light switches. There must be like an electricity shortage in more high. However, every time somebody opens a door, it's daylight outside, even in the night scenes. Yeah, of course. (laughs) I love it. Now, hold on a sec, because now you have me thinking about that. So, it's not crazy to shoot night for day. And right. by saying night for day, I mean they will build a kind of box full of black matte tarping, if yeah. you will, and put it over a window so it's just dark outside. You Simulates can't see anything. darkness. Exactly. Simulates yeah, darkness. And you can do whatever the hell you want. Have a dinner scene at your dinner table when it's dark outside, but really, when you walk outside, it's noon, or it's yeah. like 9 a.m. It doesn't matter. And it makes me think, like, maybe they're doing that. They're doing night for day shooting. Just not well. But just not by the door. Like, ah, good enough. Yeah, we got most of it. But when they come into the scene, boy, is that sunshine. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It would freak you out to know how much night for day you see in the movies. Like, it's a very weird thing to think about. 
Interesting. Yeah, and I've only done a few day for night because day for night's really hard to do. I bet. It seems like it would use a lot of electricity. Uh, not so much. You usually use like uh, these giant lit balloons. Oh. That hang over the artificial outdoor. sun. Yeah, we did it a lot on Wolf of Wall Street. I remember doing it a, a number of times on that. Okay. Yeah. So it makes me think. I don't want to call this bad filming <laughs> because but possibly they didn't have what they needed, or who gives a shit? Or who gives a shit? You gave Larry Drake a leading role. Who cares? Like, who would see that coming ever? Yeah. Honestly, that makes up for anything else you do. Yeah. Golden. The second message on the answering machine is from his new doctor, and he's standing right behind him. Oh, God, it's beautiful. He turns around, and Dr. Giggles hits him with a cast saw. Yeah, he does. And at that moment, Officer Magruder arrives looking for Mr. Campbell, which is, like, awesome. The timing in this movie. It is great timing. No, a better time would be to get there before. Before. That's true. But I mean, hey. I mean. You got there. He's there. That's something. At least we're still moving. That's right. Dr. Giggles shoves a scalpel into the back of Magruder's neck, and Magruder shoots Dr. Giggles before he falls and dies. Like, you owe me 35 years of sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, Magruder never had kids, because that's a line that's reserved for your kids. I guess so. I have two years to find out if, if that's what my mom's going to yell at me. <laughs> I can't wait. I want to be there that day. <laughs> you will be 35 years of sleep. At least the last 17, I've been pretty hands-off, I think. <laughs> Jen is at the doctor's, because when she went into the police station, Dr. Chamberlain showed up. He's like, oh, yeah, let's hook her up to the EKG. Sounds like she's had a rough evening. We better check on that heart, because she's yeah, not wearing the, the monitor. Cops and the doctors, they work... Hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah. They're a very tight-knit community. They really are. Dr. Giggles, having been just shot, performs surgery on himself. He sure does. He's got all these mirrors that are on the ceiling. Yeah. He's got his mask on, which I appreciate. Right. doesn't he, want to affect himself. You want to have a, with his own a sterile environment. <laughs> it's because he's playing it straight. I love it. It's brilliant. And Max and Officer Wrights find a police report about the escaped mental patient. And they're like, all right, I guess- Guess we've solved this case. Right. It's got to be Dr. Giggles. I like how he's searching the internet before there's an internet. Yeah. It's very weird. It's like a internal police blotter, intranet. Th- I don't know. I don't know either. He's putting words together with a piece of fabric that he found from earlier. He's like, oh, that's it. Yep. Got him. Yep. Got it. Nope. They have an escaped patient, so that's definitely this that's guy. That's definitely this guy. We did it. That's where the rubbing alcohol came from. Right? 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 Is it? Dr. Giggles goes to Dr. Chamberlain's office to get Jen because, you know, he was he heard the message on the answering machine that that's where she was being held. Well, no, she was being held at the station. The chief said she's fine, she's safe. And I'm assuming that since this police station's a morgue, it's got to be a doctor's office, too. You're right. It's probably all one building. <laughs> it's got to be. It's the only explanation at this point. Oh, no. He gets in the car and he calls and he says, I'm coming to pick her up. They're like, oh, she's at the doctor's office. Oh, you're right. He impersonates her dad. He doesn't so much impersonate as he's just himself. He just calls and, and says, says he's her dad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to the doctor's office to get her. And then the two doctors fight, but not before we get you a, got nice a doctor fight. Fake out scene. Well, you have him, Dr. Giggles, with his like knee reaction hammer. Yes. And then Dr. Chamberlain he pulls, pulls a, a weird piece of metal out of the table. Right. Just. And they're like sword fighting for a second. It's amazing. It's amazing. Eventually, Dr. Giggles 
gets the blood pressure cuff and wraps it around Dr. Chamberlain's neck, suffocates him. Says, doesn't look good. You've got about six seconds. Oh, God. It's <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I can't chef kiss enough. No, no, there's not enough chef kisses in the world. Dr. Giggles captures Jen and brings her to his OR in the basement of the spooky house. That's right. Officer Wrights goes to Jen's house and finds her father and Officer Magruder. He's like, oh, no. I think, what's his name's been here? And he goes to call 911 because, you know, they're both lying on the floor, presumably dead. He is 911. Who is he possibly calling? <laughs> I don't know. He said he's calling the hospital or, or an ambulance because Jen's dad, still alive, jumps up and says, doctor. He's like, yeah, I'm calling one, bud. He's like, no, a doctor did this. So, like, we've already solved the case, but now, like, okay, we have confirmation, I guess. I guess so. Dr. Giggles goes to operate on Jen. Luckily, Officer Wrights is, like, right next door, like, two doors down. So he runs over, and everything's going to come to a head in this basement. This basement's nuts. It's insane. I wasn't ready for a few things down there. Yeah. First of all, Officer Wrights makes his way through a waiting room. This waiting room was jarring. Big time. I did not expect it. I expected that doorway that he unhid in the beginning of the movie to just be a single doctor office. Well, that's what I thought, too. But when you see the waiting room, it's finished. Yeah. Like, it looks like a proper waiting room with, like, the right fluorescent lighting. The walls are, like, blue. They have the chairs and stuff. And there's people sitting in the chairs. And there's people in the chairs. And they're all of Dr. Giggle's victims from earlier in the movie. That's right. (laughs) With their hearts removed. Yes. But they're positioned. Like reading newspapers, yeah, uh, talking to each other. It like is they're waiting. Unbelievable. I like that Wrights throws up. You see it come out, too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. I was like, hey, that's probably an accurate representation of what would happen in that situation. Yeah. Gross. It is gross, but I get it. But real. He finally arrives at the operating room as Dr. Giggles stops Jen's heart to prepare her for the transplant. He says it's necessary. He says this is the He's next step. He's a doctor. Step. I trust him. Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> no? I don't trust him. Oh. We're still not sure if he ever took that Hippocratic Oath. <laughs> Fair enough. Swear to me. <laughs> Dr. Giggles runs off, and Wrights gives Jen CPR, reviving her. It's like, real easily. It's like CPR brand new in 1992 or something, because watching him do CPR. I think he's just new. I'm certified. Oh, are you? And he's doing it wrong. I feel much safer in the fortress you now. You shouldn't. I'm not going mouth to mouth with you ever. Not even if there's a fire. No, not even. There's a better chance of me going ass to mouth with you. I'm not going mouth to mouth. You never go ass to mouth. Who's ass and whose mouth? Because I'm not signing you up for that. You never go ass to mouth. Doesn't matter who's. Sometimes you go ass to mouth. <laughs> that would be a fun movie to do, too. Clerks 2? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it would be. I'll think about it. It's been, no one really talks about that one much, but no, maybe it's true. We're, maybe we're bringing it back. Maybe we could take it back. We'll see. Max shows up. Because... He's doing the CPR wrong. That's the end of right. Yeah. Well, the, haven't they changed it a few times over the years? Well, now it's kind of you don't do the whole mouth to mouth. Right. Thing. You don't do the. It's all just chest precious. Right. Precious. <laughs> yep. Yep. That's a combination of presses and compressions. Right. Chest precious <laughs> is the sequel to Precious, which is based on the novel. What is it? By Sapphire? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Chest Precious. Nope. No, that sounds... That is the porn version of Precious. I was going to say... Based that... on the novel, whatever, by Sapphire. That sounds like some, some Flesh Gordon territory right there. Chest Precious. 
Max shows up. Yeah, he does. <laughs> because somehow he was like, all right, I'm going to. You know that creepy house? Real creepy. Also <laughs> real shady. He didn't get the confirmation there. from Jen's dad that the officer got. He just went right to the house. Right. I guess he's smarter than the cops. I guess so. And he comes out of like a, the hallway in a place we never knew you could enter from. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it was. I don't know. We call it off screen. <laughs> right. I guess that's what it is. But Sometimes I don't know. there's secret entrances off screen. Right. Sometimes there are hallways that are clearly painted on a wall. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because you never expected this movie to be in HD. Correct. I feel like if I had seen this movie in its original intended format, you'd be like, why doesn't he go down that hallway? But I know why he doesn't. Correct. Because it's not real. It's not real. Dr. Giggles attacks Max and writes with a golf club. He's like, oh, time to do what doctors do best. <laughs> oh, it's so good. I like how he grabs the driver first, and he's like, no. no. And then he grabs the nine iron. Love it. It's great. I love it. Wrights draws him away while Max and Jen try to escape, but the stairs to the basement collapse. Of course they do. Because of, you can't just of have a clean escape. That right. would be boring. Wrights and Giggles fight in the operating room, and they start a fire, which is not ideal because there's oxygen tanks. Yeah. Dr. Giggles eventually kills Officer Wrights. Yeah, I know he does. It's a bummer because like, I really like Wrights. I was rooting for him. I was too. Max and Jen escape. The oxygen tanks explode. The house blows up with Dr. Giggles inside. Yeah, and Jen and Max go flying a very short distance. Very short. <laughs> but they probably only had one take, so that's how far they went. That's as far as they're going to go. <laughs> it's a lot like if I did like long jump in the Olympics. Yeah, like, okay. This summer on NBC, if I did that. With the amount of training you have right now. Right this second. Yeah. You'd be like, that is not impressive. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like- I learned it from Dr. Giggles, man. I don't know. The explosion went farther than you did. <laughs> How are you not dead? I, I don't get it. It's uh, It looked terrible. That, that was actually the part of this movie that bothered me the most, was this explosion. Sure. And I'm like, right, this is supposed to be a big climax of the movie. I really didn't like the deep-throating of the saxophone. No. <laughs> <laughs> it offended me personally. Oh, God. You know, if there were a weird Flesh Gordon chest precious version of saxophone <laughs> things it'd probably be john Cucktrain. oh okay yeah i thought you were gonna go with kenny g spot <laughs> that would have been so much easier <laughs> than forcing john Cucktrain. <laughs> didn't he play trumpet no that was miles davis that was miles davis john Coltrane was tenor sax was he tenor yeah was an alto no you sure no <laughs> <laughs> And I what think, sucks is I'm looking at you as we're saying this, knowing I have like three John Coltrane albums sitting feet away from you. I feel like Coltrane collection. probably played all of them. You have to imagine that, I mean, he, that he pulled the what's-her-face. <laughs> at least once. At least once for a giggle. You know what? Somebody will laugh if at I do this. A, hey, Miles, look over here. <laughs> and the tenor sax has that the curvy neck that makes it even funnier. That's exactly it. So the reason why it exists when you think about it. Hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> Jen is brought to the hospital where she needs to have her valve replaced immediately. By real of, doctors. By real doctors because of the strain of the night's traumatic events. Right. As she's being put under anesthesia, Dr. Giggles shows up he again. He does. The nurse notices blood trickling out from under the door. Yeah. And I'm in my living room again, jumping up and down like, he's back. He's, he's back. not he's dead. Back. He's not dead. He survived the explosion. Yeah. And they're not going to tell you how. But nope. His his outfit sure does look dirty, and his face is a little burned up. Just a little bit. I can't stress how little bit. 
but he's alive. Yes. Like, he should look Deadpool bad here. He should. But he doesn't. It's more, it's like more. He just looks Larry Drake uh, bad. If you put bad makeup on Aaron Eckhart, Two-Face style. Okay. That's kind of what it is. Like, if you wanted to really cheap out. Yeah. Like, if you did uh, Tommy Lee Jones Two-Face without the purple. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Dr. Giggles kills the operating surgeon, and Jen runs away. Hiding in a supply closet. How terrifying is that, though? Like, I actually felt, like, tense for her because right, like, you have her who's counting down from 100 under anesthesia. Yeah. Knowing that Dr. Giggles is coming, and she's, like, trying to fight this mask off her. It's tense. Like, holy shit. Honestly, I don't know how she stayed awake. I don't know. she was on, like, like 91. I've had to go under two times for yeah. surgery. I don't think I got past five or six. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. So. Like, don't even make me count down from 100. Just say, like, I don't know, start at five. Do a proper countdown, right. like a blast off. No, let's do like a 10. Right. Nine. Right. <laughs> T countdown minus. Countdown until I you know? wake up confused in another room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how she stayed awake for this, but. Adrenaline? Not the point. Right. Not the point. Who knows? Her, her ticker's just hanging in there. That's right. Dr. Giggles chases her down to the supply closet, but she's clever. She's a clever girl. Jurassic Park again? Yep. This has to be where they got the line. It must be. She throws some cleaning fluid on the floor, or rubbing alcohol. I don't know, because that's been in the movie. She's got two glass bottles. She throws them on the floor. And then she uses the defibrillator to electrocute him. I don't think that's how that works. I'm, like, thinking about that. It's like, is alcohol... Conductive? Conductive? I don't know. I know it's flammable, and water is very conductive, but... Right. It's alcohol conducted. <laughs> Maybe they were just glass bottles of water. That seems I no, it's not. Silly. There's no way that that's what it is. I just Googled it. Alcohol, like isopropyl alcohol, yeah. things like that, is a polar solvent. Very conductive. Nice. And is potentially corrosive since it contains water. I told you. So Clever there you girl. Go. She must have known. Clever girl. Okay. As she steps over his body. He grabs her leg because he, you can't kill this guy. I don't want you to kill him. Well, I love Larry Drake in this movie. He's wonderful. I love him so much. And it's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> it's that laugh. Whenever he gets like nervous is when the laugh comes out. Yeah. Kind of like the Joker. It is kind of like the Joker. She picks up his twisted medical tools of horror, and she tells him to take two and call me in the morning. It's perfect. And she stabs him in the chest. Yeah. And then he says, is there a doctor? Oh, in God. the house. Um, my, I'm going to need like chapstick for my fingers for how much <laughs> chef kissing is going to happen. <laughs> and he falls forward on the tools, impaling himself. He finally did it. He finally killed the bastard. Right, and because she's so relieved, she collapses fetal position in the room as this dead guy who's trying to kill her, who's is that, come back to life twice. Is that relief, or is that just her heart it cannot take it cannot anymore? take anymore? I don't know. She finally gets her routine treatment. <laughs> sure. She wakes up, and her dad is there. He made it. He's alive. He's alive. I like how he says, hey, sport, and then he just fucks and off. And he immediately up <laughs> and leaves. Yeah. Like, nothing like, glad you're alive, or like, I'm okay, just, hey, sport, bye. Well, did you see what was originally supposed to be in the script for this? No, what's that? How she woke up, the eyes open, and he's sitting over her, the dad, and all he says is, big gulps, huh? Well, <laughs> see you later. <laughs> And Dumb and Dumber used it two years later. 
I thought my he was- favorite line from Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> it's great. I'll keep bringing it back. It's phenomenal, and I love it every time you do it. I thought he was going to say, in case you need to know, I did a full spread in Playgirl Magazine as Mike Han show. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that? What would be great is if he tells her, he's like, hey, you just woke up. Good news for you. Tamara's dead. <laughs> but handle the king, baby. And then he leaves. <laughs> just chins it. Bruce Campbell's yeah. leaves the room. That'd be a proper way to send him off. Max is there. As her dad leaves, Max walks in. And he's he comes over to the bed and he's like, heck of a way to start off the summer, huh? Like, this is a time to be making jokes, Max. People are dead. <laughs> people, a lot of people are and dead. And I haven't forgotten about you and Corrine. Well, no, she has. She definitely has. She totally because, has. Because he leans down and they kiss. And we they kiss off screen, but we see the heart monitor increase. It jumps. They, uh, I don't know uh, what that's all about. She got, he made her heart skip a beat. I don't know if it was that. It was one of those things of like, well, while well, she was at the hospital, her horny got fixed. Uh, maybe. Maybe. Because she hasn't been horny the whole movie. The whole movie. She's the only one, though. That's right. Dave. Yeah, bud. No actual IMDb trivia facts. I was not expecting any. Not a single one. There were 11 facts on IMDb, and all of them, decent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nothing good, at least. Nothing hilarious. <laughs> I did find out that like Jennifer Aniston and Ashley Judd went out for the role of Jennifer. Different movie. And they were considering giving giving Dr. Giggles to either Matt Frewer or Ted Danson. Ted Danson yeah. is not far off of Cheers at this point. No. Ted Danson and Jennifer Aniston in this movie instead. What does that do for you? Very different movie. So different. A, I don't think I'd like it as much. Uh, it's not so much a good place as it could have been a great place. <laughs> yeah. I'm curious to see that. Remake this movie with them today. The Manny Cotto cut. Oh, God. <laughs> Talk to you with a good time. But that is Dr. Gills from 1992. That's it. That's the movie. That is it. Now, I know I talked about Citizen Kane and Eight and a Half. Yeah. And Tokyo Story and yeah. Vertigo earlier. All of that. Modern masterpieces get overlooked a lot of the time. Of course. Because obviously we've pushed the genre and we push the art so far already that it's so hard to reinvent. Yeah. But Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles. It transcends art in a lot of ways. It makes you feel like you've never really lived your life before until you've seen <laughs> Dr. Giggles. It makes me feel like I self-cesarean section out of my own mother, like in a rebirth of... Like a figuratively. God, now I can see the world clearly. Finally, because I've seen Dr. Giggles. Reborn as a bloody fetus, 11 years old. Exactly, without my two front teeth. Right. Wow. Yeah, I feel like the whole world did seem a little bit more bright today. Right. I I watched the movie last night, and today, (laughs) it was a lot like the scene in 500 Days of Summer, right after he bangs Summer. And there was like cartoon birds on my shoulder all day, and I'm doing dance numbers in the street. <laughs> and everyone's like, why are you so happy? I was like, I saw Dr. Giggles, man. <laughs> wow. I don't know how it's going to hold up in the super stuff. I don't either. And I don't care because it's arbitrary. It's arbitrary, and it's based on comic book superhero movies, not right. so much comic book horror movies. Right. And this thing is like a minor masterpiece in its own right. It's one of those things that I didn't realize people had saw. Nor heard of. Yeah. I thought that we had discovered something brand new, but other people know about it. This thing's a weird, cold hit. And I'm mad at them for not telling me about it. Yeah, you guys are the assholes. Yeah. Keep it Dr. Giggles from me. Rotten Tomatoes, 100. What do you think? 95. All right, if I'm being uh, real, uh, yeah. 70. 
<laughs> and even that's high. Uh, 42. Old, oh, well, keep going. 30? Keep going. 21. Keep going. 19. Keep going. 6. No, 18. 18. It got close. It's 18%, but that's it's only wrong. out of 28 reviews. 28 wrong reviews. Audience score, 41. Huh. Yeah, that's over 10,000 reviews. What movie are these people watching? I don't know. It must be that other Dr. Giggles. That's right, the remake, the famous remake. With <laughs> Ted Danson <laughs> and Jennifer Aniston. And Jennifer Aniston. <laughs> Roger Ebert didn't even bother with this one. Yeah, that checks out. So it does check out. But there are a number of top critics who did watch this thing. Good. Like the extremely famous Vincent Camby. Oh. And even he reviewed 11 years after the movie came out. <laughs> and all he had to say about it was the screenplay is stitched together from variations on cliches used by or about the medical community. Yeah, that's half the fun. Yes. Yeah. Yes, period. Correct. <laughs> it's so good. If you meant that in a bad way, you're off base. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And Mark Savlov from the Austin Chronicle, he's a top critic too, he says, I'm not saying Dr. Giggles is a cinematic watershed. I am. Or anything <laughs> like that. But it does manage to mix humor and horror in a way that very few films ever manage successfully. Yeah. Especially in the 90s. And yet, that's a freshie. And it only got a 2.5 out of 5. But you know what? Huh. Count it. Count it. I feel like the early 90s were a bad time for this genre. Because this movie feels very 80s. It does feel very 80s. This comes after like an Evil Dead. Or yeah. after even like an Army of Darkness. Yeah. And it feels like it's a movie without its own home. Yeah. If you will. Because I feel like the next thing that comes out that's considered sort of similar to this is Scream. Oh, yeah, definitely. And this doesn't really have a place so much in a timeline. And it's such an odd movie. Yeah. But it is so much fun. But it knows exactly what it is. Oh, 100%. It is so aware of what it is. And if this is one of those things where you take it face value and you go like, no, nah, this thing's not scary. It's like, no, it's, it's like, not no, trying to be. Of course not. <laughs> it's trying to it's be- It's Larry Drake. Funny while giving you those really cool kill scenes that you want to see. Right. It's right. the reason why you watch Saw movies, goddammit. It's exactly ex why you watch Saw movies. Why. Oh my no God. one watches Saw for the story. Although they do throw in some pretty good twists. In this or Saw? In Saw. Oh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> Although that kid emerging from his mother's stomach was pretty twisty and kind of Saw-y. It was very Saw-y. <laughs> Amazon.com. This has got 4.4 and 5. Wow. It's only got 577 reviews, though. Uh, yeah, that checks out. Bad DVDs. That's really all there is. I would imagine that, that these were the worst DVDs. There's probably a lot of really bad DVDs. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things like you get it like... When you get it sent to you or whatever from Amazon, and you open it up, you're like, Passion of the Christ? What? <laughs> that's not even close to what I wanted to watch. <laughs> that's not even remote. I mean, I'll watch it. Yeah, fine. Kill scenes aren't nearly as creative. It's got as many screaming scenes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say that. <laughs> oh, I said what man. I said. Man, there's nothing here. Nothing, nothing here. Let's just give this thing a super stuff score. Yeah, I'd like to do that, but first we should do this. And now for another edition of the Cape Podcasters Theater. I have no idea what direction you're going with it this time. Well, it's really funny you brought up Saw. I brought it up, or you did you? You actually, I brought it up organically. We're gonna have to go back because I don't know who brought I it up, I but it have. came up, and Damn I think it. you did. 
Keaton Patty forced the bot to watch over a thousand hours of Saw movies and then asked it to write a Saw movie of its own. Here's the first page. Dave, because it's a Saw movie, I'm introducing a twist. Okay. You're going to be doing the narration. Oh, that is a twist. And the part of Becky. That's my dream job. And right I'm going there. to be doing the part of the sexy doll. All right, well, the casting's on the nose, so good job. And apparently, since I'm taking over, <laughs> this is weird. Yeah, isn't it? I don't like this. You should do one stars one week, just to really get the full twist. Uh, that sounds it's daunting. like a lot. It makes you lose hope in humanity a lot of the time. I mean, IMDb does a pretty good job of that already. I don't know if I need to double down. <laughs> you put like a name and a date to the people on the one stars, and you're like, who hurt you? <laughs> <laughs> the IMDb does have the... the benefit of being anonymous that's right so. <laughs> you ready i'm ready all right saw nine saw it daba da bang da bang diggy 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 <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> interior whale a sexy woman becky sex woman is covered in blood chained to a bed she's in a whale but she doesn't know it yet ah Blood is supposed to be inside my body, not outside it. An old TV turns on. We know it's old because it's covered in cobwebs and voted for Trump. It's <laughs> all from the other movies appears on the screen. But this time he's sexier. We know he's sexier because he's covered in sex webs. Hello, Becky. Do you want to play a game? Yes, of course. Don't be silly. Yes, 100%. Game, please. Becky still doesn't realize she's inside a whale. <laughs> Becky, you're inside a whale. Becky now realizes she's inside a whale. She's fine with it. I hid the key to this whale inside your pancreas. Whispers to self. Good thing I'm a pancreas doctor. But since I know you're a pancreas doctor, <laughs> I took it out of your pancreas and put it in one of your kidneys. The cool one. Whispers to self. Ah, fuck. I don't know kidneys. <laughs> a countdown starts counting down from one hour on the TV. What? What the fuck is that? I didn't do that. <laughs> Who did that? The whale did that. How dare you? A twist. How dare you reverse that? <laughs> it's not fair because you get to see this stuff before I do. And yeah. I have to dive in blankly. Right. Not cool. Not cool. But also, I love it. It's fun, I right? I love it so hard. Yeah. Super stuff. Another twist? More the twist. The game I like how crudely you started and stopped that one. Yeah, yeah, that, <laughs> less exciting for the twist. Uh, the twist here is Keaton Patty tweets, the bot wrote a second page. That is a twist. You're going to be continuing with the narration, and I'm going to take the same parts plus whatever's new. Fair enough. Continued. Exterior. The ocean. We see a smirk appear on the whale's face. The whale is played by a shark in a fat suit. Interior whale. The timer continues to count down on the TV. We see Becky struggle to slip free from the chains. Ha ha, you can never slip out of those chains, Becky. Becky slips out easily. The Home Depot guy lied to me. <laughs> Cut to interior Home Depot. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> we see a flashback of the sexy doll holding some chains at Home Depot while speaking with an employee named Larry. Now, Larry, you promised me there's no way a person <laughs> could slip out of these no matter how sexy they are. I promise, Mr. Doll. We see Larry, his fingers crossed behind his back, making it okay to lie. We zoom in on one of his fingers, the cool one, <laughs> and see a tattoo that says, I work for the whale. <laughs> Cut to interior whale. 
Now free, Becky looks for something to cut open her kidney to get the key for the whale. She sees a table with a samurai sword, a samurai knife. I shouldn't have run ahead. <laughs> and a samurai. Don't pick me. <laughs> you got the samurai part. Yeah, Good. yeah. She picks the samurai. We see his face. It can't be Larry from the Home Depot, but it's Larry from Home Fucking Depot. <laughs> that one is next level good. It's so good. Holy shit. That one actually broke me earlier today when I read it. <laughs> and broke me again just now. Yeah, it's unbelievable. What a talent. Keaton Patty. Buy his book. Buy his God book. I can't recommend it highly enough. Follow him on Twitter. His tweets are insane. The guy is a master of Photoshop. He is. And the stuff he pulls together is, he just puts WTF with a lot of question marks, and it's just this totally bogus tweet or whatever, <laughs> and it's so good. It's so good. Every single time. Now we can give it a super Do you score. promise? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's all the twists I have in me. Okay. I feel twisted. Story and motivation. I mean, it's a doctor who's trying to, I guess, follow through on the family plan or whatever. I mean, he's kind of psycho. I don't know what the family plan is anymore since he emerged from his mother's stomach Fair years enough. ago. I feel like the story is more about Jennifer and her heart and, and you know, making it through. And this doctor seemingly earnestly wants to fix her heart. Which is a weird turn. He's got a bucket full of hearts at a point for the people in the waiting room. Right. All the hearts he pulled out. And he goes full Goldilocks on it. This one's too small. This one's too large. This one is just right. right. I think the story is just right. I think it's a one. Oh boy! No, I, I, you cannot allow <laughs> I don't me think, to fanboy. That I don't hard. think we can do that. You cannot allow that. I'm gonna go point five generous. Yeah, fanboy. We, we killed Fan, some fanboy point five. We killed some astronauts along the way, but it was. I think it's a, a decent enough story. Point five. Are we both fanboying uh, slightly? Okay, hero. So Doctor Giggles. No, <laughs> come on. <laughs> Jennifer Campbell. So Jennifer's got a bad ticker. She's got a bad ticker. And, and she doesn't listen to the rules about her bad not, ticker. Throws her ticker monitor into the fish tank. And those fish are like, what? WTF, mate. Exactly. And I don't know. She saves the day. Her heart gets broken a lot along the way, literally and figuratively. That's true. And it keeps on ticking like a Timex. That's right. Takes a licking. And she does save the day. She does. She does. Kill Dr. Giggles. I'll go point five. Yeah, sure. <laughs> point five because she she saves the day. Yep. Villains. One. Doctor Giggles. It's a easy start one. at one. How about that? This guy's evil. He's he's crazy. I don't know if he's evil. Fair enough. Uh, I really like him. I do like too. a lot. It's one of those things where at the beginning, when he cuts open the heart, and you don't realize that he's an evil doctor. Right. You're just like, this is a doctor. Cool. Let's he's go. He's definitely doing a procedure. He says, ah, you win some, you lose some. It's like, mm-hmm. hold on a second. <laughs> But it's one of those things where you realize he's going to kill anyone he comes into contact with. Yeah. He doesn't care who. Until he finds out about this girl's heart. Right. He wants that bad heart real bad because he's like, I'm going to save her. You got to finish the family job. You got to replace a heart. I'll leave it at one. We can leave it at one. Parents. It's a point five. It is a point five. We do have a dead mom. Yeah. Okay, movie. Good job. Good job. Female characters. It's tricky. Uh, this one's really tricky. Extremely tricky. 
let's say 0.25 because Jennifer saves a day yeah. and is able to drop a pretty sweet one-liner while she, she does it. Sure does. And call it a day. Let's do that. 0.25. We won't even talk about all the other women in the movie because we might go into negative right. territory. Deep throating a tenor sax. <laughs> Problematic. Mouth Pete. We shouldn't do that. No. Don't do that. No, don't. Setting. More high. More high California. You got one cop who has a San Francisco 49ers hat on the whole time. That's how you know you're in California. That's all I got. <laughs> I will go zero. It was uh, it was filmed in, in Oregon. So. Yeah, uh, fine. I'm going to stick with the zero. Yeah, It's I, uh, not very well done. There's like a surfer guy, so maybe. No, no, it's a zero. <laughs> Style and tone. This movie knows exactly what it is. It is. We have commended movies in the past for being self-aware. I don't think we've ever seen a movie this self-aware. It's so self-aware that it leans in so hard to itself yeah. that it works. It's the point that Larry Drake is perfect casting. Absolutely. Because he is playing it straight. Yeah. And he's delivering these one-liners constantly straight. In earnest, yeah. It's in earnest. I think that has to heavily attribute to the style and the tone of this movie. Absolutely. A lot of these kills look incredible. They do. They hold up even today. He Trojan horsed his mom. It's unreal. I can't believe I'm going to go one for Dr. Giggles. Just based on when Roger Ebert picked this movie last week, I was estimating we're going to max out this movie at like a point two. five. Like oh, two okay. We'll max out this yeah. movie for sure on Super Stuff. But uh, we, we've already passed that. So let's keep going. Music. I couldn't tell you anything about it. Really? Yeah. We, Nothing. We did say- oh, I remember at the end they had doctor, doctor. And I, I laughed. It was great. It's it was. A, it's an end credits joke. Bad which case is rare. of loving you, by Robert Palmer. No, we got the guy from Bad Company to cover it because reasons. It's Paul Rogers instead of Robert Palmer. <laughs> I it's, didn't even notice it. It's like they were like, "Who sings that song?" Oh, it's Paul Rogers, and nobody corrected them, so they just got Paul Rogers to do it. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> but no, uh, the score was done by Brian May. Who Are did you shitting me? Mad Max. Yeah. Holy hell. And uh, well, we did talk about the one scene where we're like, we know he's he's evil because of creepy music, ominous music. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was very horror movie music. But I noticed it on the second watch through. I didn't notice on the first. Uh, no, not that much. No, not much. I'm gonna go zero. I want to give a point two five for for the the credits joke. Done. Sold. Don't I didn't have to think fight I'd have to, on that at all. <laughs> didn't think I'd have to sell you hard on that. One liners. I'm gonna start at two. Two. Oh, good. <laughs> in the same boat. <laughs> It's one of those things where when Arnold Schwarzenegger says, I'm going to compare it to that. Yeah, yeah. I think it's appropriate to compare it to that. Absolutely. When he goes through his one-liners, Batman and Robin, and you're saying, like, these are corny for the sake of being corny, and it works because of that. Right. These work within the story itself because it's all just doctor puns. Yes. And every line that Larry Drake delivers is a pun. He does not have one real line of dialogue the whole movie. in this movie. The whole movie and that is just is, one-liners. Oh, my God. It's so good. That's not even a chef's kiss. No. I'm going to make out with that chef. I'm going to do what you might do to a tenor saxophone to that chef. That chef deserves everything I'm about to do to him. You think that's bad? Wait till you get my bill. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it so much. <laughs> Two. Sold. Two. Absolutely. You may be having second thoughts, but when you wake up, you'll have a change of heart. It's brilliant. It blew my mind how literal and perfect that line was. Brilliant. 
Final category is impact on the genre. Probably a zero. It's yeah. Uh, there's not a lot of massaging and finessing we can do nope. here. This is a, a straight zero. I don't even know what the budget on this movie was it, or what it made internationally. It made. The gross in the United States did do over two million on its opening weekend, and it did do eight point four million gross United States. I can't imagine this movie costs very much to make. No, I don't think it did. Although those practical effects. No, I don't think it, t- it costs that <laughs> much to say, make. It's like, how much did Larry Drake make? I don't know. The $15 minimum wage is probably going to help him quite a bit. <laughs> he was definitely cheaper than Ted Danson. Right. Uh, zero. Zero. That's going to give Dr. Giggles a final score of six. Yeah, it's our biggest fanboy we've ever had by a long shot. Is it? I think so. Uh, I think it probably deserves a six. I mean, personally... Im- my heart of hearts, I'm thinking, that's way too low. But <laughs> It's higher than the two I thought it was going to get. Right. And let's think about it this way. Break it down, realistically. When you look at important film, Citizen Kane's obviously going to break a 10. Obviously. I don't know. Tokyo Story, probably going to break a 10. Vertigo's <laughs> definitely going to break a 10. Vertigo, yeah. Eight and a half's probably going to break a 10. For Dr. Giggles to come in just shy of those... Incredibly landmark films. Watershed, I believe, is the word they said it wasn't, and I disagreed. <laughs> Not bad, Manny Cotto. No, I think a six is, is warranted and deserved and should be celebrated. I agree. This movie, I can't recommend enough. If you want a good Saturday yeah. night movie of just, you know what? I just want to have some fun. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, $3.99 to rent it on Amazon.com, $4.99 to buy it. I recommend <laughs> buying it because you will watch it again and again and again. It is so much fun. Roger Ebert, I cannot thank you or your ghost enough. He finally for did us right. Recommending this one. This here is a bit of a hidden gem. Absolutely. And I guess we need to move on from Dr. Giggles. What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're finally getting to Jeff Miner's suggestion. We're going to be talking about the Phantom. I can't wait. Billy fucking Zane. B- Billy Zane. And a horse. Yep. <laughs> That's really all I got on that so far. Catherine Zeta-Jones? Yes, but that's all I know about the movie. That's all I know. I know the fan has been around for a long, long, long time. Oh, yeah. So. No, he's, uh, he goes back. But it's like, oh, gee. This movie is typically not looked at as being terribly good. People might say that about Dr. Giggles, though. They might. You don't know. You know? I refuse to pass judgment before watching it. I learned my lesson this week. I've learned my lesson a few times over because I feel like I always go back to the Toxic Avenger for that, where I knew it was kind of a B movie going into it. It's like, this really isn't for me. And then when I watched, I was like, God damn it, that's a good movie. Fantastic. (laughs) A proper good movie. It's one of those things where we go into every single movie, blank slate. Yeah. Don't read anything beforehand. Right. Watch it. Just go. Look at it with our... Well, let's, we're going to talk about this thing for an hour and a half eyes. Right. Try to be as objective as possible. Exactly. And yeah. There's a place for every movie. Find the good, find the bad, and, you know, tear it apart while celebrating it. That's exactly it. <laughs> I don't see how The Phantom's going to be any different next week. Nope. I can't wait to watch this one. It's been on the Ebert list for a long time. We pulled it off yeah. because Jeff recommended it. And Jeff, thank you, man. Yeah. This is gonna be a, I'm excited. This is I'm one I've been excited. wanting to see for a long yeah, time. It's, so. I've been hoping Ebert was going to pick it for a long time. Yeah. So. About time. Overdue. That's coming up. Until then, be sure to rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We're everywhere. You can like and follow us at Kate Podcasters on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch. We're everywhere. 
letterboxed. Yeah. We're we there. That. We're absolutely there. If you can't remember all that, you can go to kpodcasters.com where we have links at the bottom of the page. You can also find our Patreon there. You can also go to patreon.com slash kpodcasters if you want to go directly. And that's where we're doing our not-so-super movies every month. This month, we're doing The Italian Job. Not Ma- the one you think of. Right. Michael Caine's Michael version. Michael Caine's version. There's no Ed Norton in this one. I, You know what? I, it's, I've only seen The Italian Job, the Wahlberg one, once. Really? Yeah. And I don't remember anything about it except Minnie Coopers. And well, Napster. And, and yep, Seth and that's Green. it. As Napster. Donald Sutherland was in there, right? I told you, I don't remember anything besides those two things. I'm telling you, you Donald Sutherland's in it. (laughs) Guys, I can't recommend going to capepodcasters.com enough. Scroll down. There is a countdown to every superhero movie that's coming out, I guess the top five? The top five closest? Look at those numbers, man. Things are about to be coming out. These numbers are not high. In fact, stay tuned because- Snyder Cut and Falcon and the Winter Soldier are both coming very soon. They are. We are doing the Snyder Cut right after it comes out, and it's going to come out like one of the weeks, like directly after its release yeah, or it's, whatever. It's the episode after the Phantom. That oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh God, that's it's soon. Oh man, that's real soon. Oh God, I'm so excited. <laughs> Your DC fanboy. Ah, yes. <laughs> Four hours worth of DC stuff. Yes, please. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll be. Be a long evening. It will be four hours of sitting next to Brian and him having to deal with me. You're watching so a lucky. DC movie. <laughs> It'll be great. Thanks for joining us for WandaVision over these last few weeks. That was and, a lot uh, of fun. And get ready because we will be doing the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We absolutely will be. Same style we did WandaVision in. Yep. Same time frame, them coming out. Probably less theories. I just have a feeling that it's going to be- I got a be feeling too. Less theory driven. Well, it's one of those things of, I mean, WandaVision- it started out with ha-has and goofs, and then it got real. Yeah. It got really and real. my feelings felt feelings, and I didn't know that was possible. Right. But I do not think we're going to get that from Falcon Winter Soldier. Probably not. I got a good feeling. But they've been known to surprise us they before. They have been. I'm very excited to watch it. If you haven't checked that out, do that. Yep. Do that. If you have any questions or comments you want to send our way, you can send them to kpodcasters at gmail.com. You got anything else? That's it. All right, guys, I guess we're going to see you next week for The Phantom. Same pod time. Same pod.